We have been called by God to show Jesus. And, uh, you know, if you've ever, if you remember when you were a child and you would, you had perfect vision and you put your mom's glasses on, how blurry they were because you didn't need glasses. Your vision was fine and you had to take them off before you could see again. And you were wondering why in the world do they wear these? You can't see anything. And that's kind of what I want to help you do spiritually today It's not necessarily put on something to help you see, but to take off some junk to help you see clearly, help you understand that the most important things in life are these things as a child of God, and that it is okay to want to make more money. It's okay to want to save and lose weight. It's okay to want to do these things. But more important than those things are to know Jesus, to grow in Jesus, and to show the world who Jesus really is. And I don't know if you know this or not, but your life is a reflection of Jesus Christ. It is a reflection of Jesus. Most people in your life will never pick up a Bible, and if they want to know about Christ, they're going to look at you, and they're going to see your life, and they're either going to see glimpses of Jesus in your life, or they're not. Come on. Now, I'm not saying you've got to be perfect. I'm just saying they need to see from time to time glimpses of Jesus in your life. This is uh, so important that we show the world Jesus and how we live. We often think of God as like he's out there somewhere. He's, he's just out there and he's not doing anything until you pray. And then when you pray, then he extends his power, his love to you. And he comes down, he touches you. And, and then after he's done, he kind of goes back up into heaven. And that's the end of it uh, until you ask him again. But, but I want you to know that God's power is ever flowing out. Are you catching that? Ever flowing out. Catch this. Acts 17, 28. In him we live and move and even exist. Right now you're breathing because the power and life of God is flowing out of your life. Right now the birds are singing because the power of God is flowing out from his throne into the universe. Everything that is lives directly because the power of God is continually expressing itself to the world. Are you catching that? Just kind of get in your mind a flow of God's power moving all the time. It's not that God occasionally intervenes. It's that his power is flowing and reaching out at all times. In fact, the very nature of God is to express himself. Come on. It's a part of his nature to continually express himself. His love, his goodness, his kindness, his provision is reaching out at all times. Have you got that in your spirit? Now, if you get the flow of God and you think of a river, it's going in one direction, right? And it's flowing constantly. It doesn't stop and take a break. It's flowing all the time. Think of God's power flowing like that and understand that the world is broken and the world is going against the flow of God's expression. Are you catching that? It's like they're standing in the flow of the goodness, the love, the intention, the truth of God and going in the wrong direction. Come on. It reminds me of, of Paul when he was persecuting the church and Jesus knocked him off his horse and the, the Lord spoke to him and said that, Paul, isn't it hard for you to go against the flow? Isn't it really hard for you? I mean, here you are and I'm moving this direction and you're moving that direction. And uh, we've come to a point where now you're going to have to make a decision to change. 
understand that the people you work with, if they don't know Jesus, they're going against the flow of God's expression. The people in your family, if they don't know Jesus, they're going against the flow of God's expression. The people in your community, if they don't know Jesus, they're going against the flow of God's expression. And can I be straight with you this morning? There are many people in the house of God who know Jesus, believe in Jesus, but live a life in such a way that they're going against the flow of Jesus. See, the world's got a flow going one way and God's got a flow going the other way. Are you catching that? They're at odds with one another. Jesus came to bring us into the flow of God. He came to say, hey, dummy, stop going that way. Hey, turn yourself around. There, isn't that easier when you go in the flow of God? Jesus came to get us in the flow of God. The way he did that is he stood out from the crowd. Something about the life of Jesus is that he was an oddball. He was unique. He was different than everybody else. While the world is dark, Jesus is light. While the world is hate, Jesus is love. While the world is selfish, Jesus is sacrifice. While the world is confusion, Jesus is truth. While the world is shame, Jesus is glory. You go to, to Matthew chapter 5, there are some instances there where Jesus says something like this. You've heard it said this, but I say to you that. You catch that? He does that a number of times, you remember? What he's saying is the flow, even of religion, says this, but I came to tell you something completely different, and it's that. The thing about Jesus is he lived a life in stark contrast to the world. In other words, people could not help but notice this man, how he lived and what he spoke. Jesus caught the attention of the world, catch this, not by living the world's way really well, but by living opposite to the way the world lived. You catch that? Because there's a lot of us Christians today who are going out there and we're trying to do it the way the world wants us to do it. And uh, we, want, we feel like God is going to empower us to live the world's way better. And, and what I mean by that is it could be something like pursuing money so much and success so much that it becomes more important than God. We don't have time for God, for prayer, for church. And we, we expect God to empower us to do that. It could be that, that uh, we want God to give us fame and, and, and fortune, and we want God to empower us to give us fame to a point where we honor ourselves more than we honor God. Do you think God's going to empower us to do that? He is not. We live in stark contrast to the world. We don't live according to the world. We live different from the world. Amen? Let me read you a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Watch this. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the spirit. You know what that means? That means as you spend time in the presence, looking into the presence of the Lord, you become transformed into his image. Do you realize that your life is a reflection of the life of Jesus? Amen. I want to ask you today, does your life reflect Jesus? When you go to work, do people see Jesus in you? In your home, do people hear Jesus in your words? In your community, in the grocery store. When you're going to the bank, wherever you may be, 
Do you reflect the life of Jesus? And let's ask ourselves these questions. If Jesus lived in stark contrast to the world, do people look at us and say, man, that dude is weird. That dude is different. There's something about that lady. I don't know what it is, but they are not like normal people because that's the way the world ought to look at us. Our light ought to shine in a dark place so that they see God. Amen. Romans 8, 29, for those he whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become, watch this, to become conformed to the image of his son. The reason that God saved you is because he loves you and he wants to conform you into the image of his son. In other words, he wants to shape your life in such a way that when people look at you, they see glimpses and reflections of Jesus. Come on. Your life is a reflection of Jesus. Now, when you look in the mirror, you can see the reflection. That's not really you, but it looks just like you, doesn't it? I mean, it, it's the image of you, but it's not really you. And that's the way your life needs to be. People need to see Jesus in you and know they can tell by the frame of a mirror and maybe the light reflecting in it from, from behind. They can tell that it's not really a person. You can tell that it's a reflection. And there are some things about your life that people can look at and say, yeah, well, I can tell they're not really Jesus. I can see that they mess up and they, they fall from time to time and they're not perfect and they don't always do right. I can see the frame around them. But inside the center, what I see is glimpses of Jesus Christ. Somebody different. Somebody whose life is different than everyone else. Somebody who's going that way when the world is going that way. Amen. Are you catching this today? It ought to be our goal in 2020 to live a life in such a way that the world looks at us like we're crazy from time to time. We who are God's children have been made in the image of Jesus so we might reflect his life, his love. Amen. You're not saved just to exist. God didn't save you so you could just hold on and enjoy a sunset every morning or sunrise every morning until Christ comes back again. God saved you so you could go out into a dark world and shine. Church, it's our job to shine. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. (laughs) I'm going to hit you here. It didn't say somebody else. It didn't even say Jesus. It says you are the light of the world. Hallelujah. When Jesus was on the, wor- on the earth, he was expressing the love of God in his physical life. He went to heaven, though, and he sent the Holy Spirit to live in you so that you could now be the light of the world. Amen. You are to express the love of God in the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp And put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So I hope you get this today. There is something so illuminating in your life. Something so wonderful and special that if you would let it shine to the world in front of you. It would light the world around you, amen. It would light up some other people's lives. I don't know your situation, your family, your job, your your community. I don't know your world, but you do. And I came to tell somebody this, that if you would let your light shine, you'd shine on some dark people and some dark places and some situations that need some light in it, amen. But you got to let it shine. Watch this. Verse 16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works 
and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I love this because there's not a wasted word in it. First of all, it says let. That means you have to allow it. God is not going to make you do anything. It isn't like he's going to overcome your mind and your mouth and make you do something. You're going to have to do it. Let your, it's not his light, it's not somebody else's, it's not mine. It's your light shine before men. That means in front of people. We're supposed to live out loud. I don't mean you have to be obnoxious at work and preach a sermon at every break. But I'm saying Christianity is not a secret. Your faith is not a secret that you hide. Live out loud. Let your light shine in front of people so that they may see your good works. You're going to have to do some stuff. Amen. Good works doesn't save us. But if we're saved, good works come out of us. Huh? Come on. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You know what they're seeing? They're seeing God in you when you do that. Let your light shine. You and I are light in a dark world. How do we shine? Three weeks I've preached three sermons that I believe will give you a successful 2020. Knowing Jesus gives you revelation. In other words, revelation is when you don't just get it in here, but you get it in here. It's like the spirit turns the light on inside of your, the depths of who you are. And you're like, wow, I see it. I get it. Sometimes you can't even say words that adequately describe what you know in here. As you pursue Jesus, he will turn the lights on and give you revelation, which leads to growing in Jesus. That is transformation. You go from being this person to being a better person to being a more faithful person from glory to glory, the Bible says, as you grow in him. Now, if you know Jesus and you grow in Jesus, you will show Jesus. If you have revelation and transformation, it produces illumination. Did you catch that? If you're pursuing Christ and growing in him, your light is going to shine. Hallelujah. Your light is going to shine. In fact, the Christians who are not shining in their world, they're the ones who are stagnant in their growth and in their pursuit of Jesus. Come on. So let me tell you something. If you want to let your light shine, if you want to be who God wants you to be, if you don't want to see your family go in the wrong direction, if you don't want to see your community go in the wrong direction, if you don't want to see your coworkers go in the wrong direction, then turn your light on. Come on, turn your light on. Start pursuing God. Start growing in him and letting your light shine. The greatest way you can show Jesus is when other people can see Jesus in you. When they can see his light in you, his love in you, his life in you. When they can see your actions and hear your words. When your life is so different from everyone else that you shine in stark contrast to it. Can I tell you something, church? We don't like to talk about hell, but I'm here to tell you something. There is a hell. And the Bible says there's a broad road that leads to death and destruction, and many are going to be on it. And then there's a narrow road that leads to eternal life, and there are few that are going to be on that road. You know what that means? Most of the people that we know are headed for hell. And they can't save themselves, and coming to a church service can't save them. And just because we love the world doesn't mean we tell them everything is okay. In fact, what we need to tell them, our life needs to show them the truth that you're going the wrong direction. You need to turn around. You need to let Jesus get control of your life and turn you in the right direction. So we're going to talk in Colossians chapter 3 for just a little bit 
about how we can live uh, people of light, people who show the world a different way, people who stand out from the crowd and are different, people who, when others uh, have been around you, they gather around and go, what is up with, with Derek? I mean, why is, he, why is he so different? What is wrong with him? I mean, he's been, he been smoking something. What's in his pipe that makes him so happy and so at ease and so at peace? I mean, Derek is awesome, right? And I want to be like Jesus, but I, I also want to be like Derek too, right? Anybody else in the house? Derek is saying no. We used to have a, what we called a rapture check, and that would be if you'd know that Jesus came back or not, depending on whether you could find Derek, because Derek ain't missing the rapture. So if Derek's still here, then uh, we're good, right? So I'm picking on my buddy today. Colossians 3.10, watch this, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image, you catch that? of the one who created him. In other words, God is renewing you into a new self. You're putting on the one who created you. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man. But Christ is all and in all. Let me just stop for a minute there and tell you that when it says Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, it goes through this list. What it's trying to tell you is God does not love any certain type of people more than anyone else. He doesn't accept anyone more than anyone else. So if you've got deep-seated prejudices in your life, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit talk for a minute. You need to let God straighten that stuff out in you, amen? Hallelujah. So as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on. Notice that. He's telling you to put on something. A heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, you also should forgive Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing. One another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed... Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, when you get home later sometime this week, I want you to look that up. Colossians chapter 3, look that up and see individually all the things that God wants you to put on. It is the new man, the new self, not the old man. The new man, the new self, put it on. Now, tomorrow morning, how many of you got to go to work or school? Yep. They don't just give money out. You got to go make it, don't you? <laughs> and when you get up in the morning and you got your jammy jams on or, or you sleep in the nude, whatever it is you do, I don't want to know. But whatever it is you do, you get up in the morning and you don't leave like you are, do you? You put on something, don't you? And hopefully you look in the mirror. I've seen some folks that I'm like, your mirror's not working, is it? <laughs> 
Come on now. And you look and you make sure that you, you know, you're okay and there's nothing showing and, and you got matching shoes on and your hair's okay and you're looking nice and you put on something to present to the world, don't you? Listen, every day you need to put on some things to present to the world. Put on the new self. That means get yourself and your mind right so that when you get out into the world, they don't see the nakedness, the ugliness, the messed up hair of your spirit. Come on. And they got to wade through your flesh to get to Jesus. Come on. Put on, number one, the heart of Jesus. What is inside of you? Listen to this. The world lets the troubles and trials of this life get into the hearts. Did you catch that? Stuff happens, people say stuff, and they get angry and bitter. They get hurt and mad. Offended is a big word to say. Everybody's looking for a reason to be offended. I can't believe you wore the same clothes I do. I'm offended. We drove by a church today, and they're having a, a new series about vision, and they used an almost exact copy of the little picture I made. It's on the front of your bulletins. And, and part of me would go, they copied me. And then I thought to myself, you know what, Mylon, you've copied some people before too. And then, you know, that's cool because it's really all the Holy Spirit's ideas. And uh, you got to be careful that you don't let the stuff around you get inside of you. The world lets trouble get inside of them. They let their situation tell them who they are. They let their situation tell them how things are going. Come on. Some of you today, you live by your emotions, how you feel tells you how you're doing one minute you feel like your life is horrible and falling apart and then you have some dinner eat a little pizza and get your belly full and all of a sudden things are better and if you think about it pizza isn't really that important is it it was you letting your emotions get on the inside of you letting what's happening around you tell you what is going on inside of you but you and i have to live differently than the world we don't let the stuff around us get inside of us hallelujah you know what lives in me the spirit of god and the word of god amen the word of god is life and the spirit brings it through my life hallelujah so when the world says I'm no good, the word says I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. When people say you're no good, you'll become nothing inside of me. I say if God is for me, who can be against me? Yes. Hallelujah. Come on. We live differently from the world. They're going to look at you and they're going to realize that your heart is solid and firm because you don't let the world tell you how it is. You tell the world how it is. Come on. You got to put on the love of Jesus, which is an expression on the outside. Love is continually expressing itself. We have such a, a messed up view of what love is because we think love is feelings. And people say stuff, well, you know, I don't love them anymore. Well, you mean you don't have an emotional response to them or something anymore. And I came to tell you that love is provided by choice. And that you may have fallen into love with somebody, but as a marriage grows, you choose to love. And there is power in choice. Come on. There is power in choosing to love. And love is an expression it always goes out just like God. You can't be loving and choose to love and keep it to yourself. Let me tell you something. When the love of God gets in you, you'll start giving money away. And, and I don't mean people who got a bunch of extra. I mean everybody. You'll give a dollar. You'll start wanting to. 
You'll be in line at McDonald's thinking, I want to pay for someone's food. You'll, be, you'll see someone on the side of the road with a sign and you'll stop thinking, well, they would just get a job. And you'll think, I don't know why they're there. All I know is I hope they're not hungry. Maybe I can do something to help them. Just, for, just get them through this day. Right? When the love of God gets in you, you will begin expressing it. Now, that is the opposite of the world. The world doesn't express love. It expresses hatred, ambivalence. Look at all that's going on in our world today, how divided people are. I think I said this last week, but I'll I'll tell you again. Uh, A couple months ago, I got on Twitter and I started following many different Christian pastors and leaders Catholics, you know, Baptists, uh, non-denominational, people who believe in things I do and people that don't because I wanted to see and, and explore what their perceptions were because I'm constantly trying to grow myself. Amen. And uh, man, I got to tell you, I'm disappointed because about half of what people post is just judgmental. My doctrine's right and your doctrine's wrong and and uh, just bitterness and anger and frustration. And it's even in the church, my friend. Just get this mindset that it's me and mine and the rest of you need to keep away from us and get away. And if you don't think like me politically and if you don't think like me religiously, And if you don't think like me socially, then you must be the enemy and I'm coming after you. Jesus lived in stark contrast to that. And he said this, love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Hallelujah. Do you see that that when you find somebody that just hates you, just can't stand you, and you love on them, you are living in stark contrast to the flow of the world. You are living in the flow of God. I know you people are so sweet. You don't have anybody that hates you. But can I tell you, some, from time to time, I get some people around me, some of them are other preachers, and they just, for some reason, I just rub them the wrong way. And I'm not trying to, I'm just being me. And they just, for some reason, they don't like me. And in my flesh, I want to say, well, it's too bad for you, you know. I don't like you either. But you know what? I don't want to live in the flow of the world. I want to live in the flow of God. And some of those very people who in the past didn't like me, I loved on and helped. And now we're some of the closest friends because somebody's got to do the right thing. Somebody's got to go the right way. And if it ain't them, it's going to be me. Come on, come on. So you can hate me. I'm going to love you. Amen. We got to put on the sacrifice of Jesus. That means others before me. Oh, that's a stark contrast to the ways of the world, isn't it? The world is saying, what about me? What about me? What about my happiness? What about my money? What about this? We're saying things like, well, let them people walk out of your life. You don't need them anyway. What about, it's just me and my family and my children. I'm glad Jesus in heaven didn't say, you know what? This is just me and the Father and the Holy Spirit, and you got your own problems. I'm just taking care of me. Come on. Living sacrificially is living differently than the world. It means giving up yourself for others. Oh, you don't want to hear this. You want me to tell you how God's going to make you rich and healthy and blessed and all of that, but I'm here to tell you that it is more blessed to give than to receive. You don't know what you're missing by being so selfish. Once again, I got to give myself a pat on the back. Yeah. 
That is good preaching. But you know what's better? It's not just good preaching. That's good living. Mm. The world says, put me first. Jesus said, I'm going to put others first. That means to forgive even when they don't ask you to forgive them. Mm. That means to forgive even when they don't ask you. Are you catching this? That means to make amends even if you weren't the one that caused the problem. Well, I'm all up in your kitchen today. I'm in the fridge and everything now, you know. We've got to give. We've got to lift up. We've got to put other people before ourselves. We've got to decide that I don't have to have it my way. Come on. That I can do for others as I would have them do for me. Amen. That I can be the kind of person that puts other people before myself. Let me tell you something. When you live in such a way that you say you can have the last piece of pie, you can have this and I'll do without. When you live in such a way that you put other people first, you are living in stark contrast to the flow of the world and people will go, wow, that was different. That was strange. Let me give you an example. Something that you can do on a regular basis. When we go out to eat from time to time, I, I like to call for the manager and I get a kick out of it. Because every time you call for the manager, what are they expecting? That's what they're expecting. That's all they hear. It doesn't really matter what you say. I mean, it's just another, oh God. I see their faces as they're coming. Like they're, they're gearing themselves up to tell me how bad. Uh, or, or to for me to tell them how bad it was and all of that, and they're going to be nice and all of that. But you know what? I like to tell them what happened that I enjoyed at the restaurant. The waitress was awesome. The food was really good. We liked the fact that you can hear and hear. You guys, we just had a great time at lunch, and I just wanted you to know you guys are doing awesome. And the, I get that all the time. You know what it cost me? 30 seconds. cost me zero money, 30 seconds of my life. To be a light in the dark world. They were expecting the flow of the world. I'm going to give them the flow of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to put on the words of Jesus. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. That is truth. Now, the world says... Speak your truth. In other words, you get to decide for your life what is truth. And I'm here to tell you that if we all decide individually what truth is, there is no truth. Come on. I mean, if you all have an opinion about what the color blue is, then there really is no color blue, is it? It's got to be universal whether we like it or not, doesn't it, for it to be truth. Jesus is truth. The world is confused and searching. The world is confused. Can I tell you that the things that were truth 20 years ago, they don't believe are truth today. And while the world stands on its moral platform and says, this is right and we declare it's right and you Christians are crazy and what we believe is right and we're standing on it. Can I tell you 10 years from now, they're going to have a different opinion. They're going to abandon this soapbox and they're going to go over to another one. And then when their kids get grown, they're going to throw away that opinion too because the world is confused and searching because they do not possess truth. But I came to tell somebody that Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. Amen. He is truth. That means you and I have to speak the truth and live the truth. Don't be afraid to say what the Bible says. If you get persecuted, the Bible says, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of the Lord. Don't, for, don't, don't be afraid to live the truth. 
Come on, somebody. Live the truth. In a world that doesn't want to speak truth, we should live the truth. Some of the lies the world is saying nowadays is that as long as you are good and kind, you're going to go to heaven. There are a lot of good people in hell right now. Because being good doesn't save anybody. In fact, Jesus said, you want to know the truth? There's no one good but one, and that's God. Come on. What we need is the truth. The world says that, you know what, religion doesn't matter. There is no God, and there's no proof of God, and there's people who can describe the scientific reasonings and the philosophy and prove to you from a mental perspective there is no God and how you're such a child and you need this, this immature, invisible God to make you feel better. But you know what? Faith speaks for itself, doesn't it? Amen? Faith speaks for itself. And so while the people at work are laughing at you, you live your truth out loud. Amen. You live your truth out loud. What is the truth that is going against the way of the world? The truth is that the world is lost and you cannot save yourself. Oh, but I'm working on me. Yeah, I got a new book (laughs) and I'm working on me and and I'm learning to be kind to myself, and I'm learning to love myself. That's all well and good, but you can go to hell working on yourself. Hmm? Come on. Just, just get on the waves headed towards that broad road that leads to destruction. Somebody needs to tell you the truth. While you're working on yourself, what you need to do is turn your life over to Jesus because he is the only one who can save you. The truth is that Jesus came to this earth as a babe, the son of the living God, the word of God in the flesh, the very expression of God to mankind. He was God himself and that he lived a perfect life, never once sinned in his life, that he died on a cross, a death he didn't deserve, but you and I did, that he took upon him own, his own self the sins of us all and that he went into the tomb and took our sin with him and he rose from the grave victorious so that if we would just believe and trust in that, We could have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We got to put on the truth. We got to stand out. The things we say and believe got to be different from the world. And finally, we got to put on the glory of Jesus, which is beauty, which is wonder, which is just a, a, a life of beauty. I hope you get what I'm talking about today, because this is one of those revelations that's hard to express with words, but I'm going to do my best. You see, the world lives in shame. The Bible says that men love darkness because their deeds were evil. They liked it dark because people couldn't see what was going on. The world loves it dark. There is shame in the world. Here's the truth. If you expose every person's life, you can find junk in there that is shameful. I don't care who you are. Some of you sitting here today, you got shame in your life from the past and you feel like everybody else in this room couldn't have done anything like you did. Can I tell you something? Uh, Welcome to the crowd. Come on. Isn't anybody any better than anyone else? We've all got stuff in our lives and the world lives in that shame. They love wickedness and darkness to the point that now They're not even trying to hide it anymore. They're trying to love it and express it. The disgustingness, the grotesque, the sin, reveling in such uh, ungodliness and unnatural things. Are you with me today? 
And it, just declaring it now and saying how proud they are of it and, and how, how gloriful and wonderful it is. All the while, your life has a beauty that is expressed in the way God wants you to live. Hallelujah. You're going with the flow of God's glory. Number one, you're living with thanks. Come on, can I tell you something? If you are a thankful person, you live in contrast to the world. Especially here in this country. Because here in this country, people are not thankful for anything they have. They got a job and all they can do is complain about the boss. They get a paycheck and all they can do is complain about the paycheck. They get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, all they can do is complain about the boyfriend or the girlfriend. They get a new car, all they can do is complain about the new car. Nobody's thankful. But if you just are the, one of those kind of people that is just thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank you for my house. Sometimes I pull into my house and I just say, thank you, God, for my home. Yeah, sometimes I look at my wife and I say, thank you, Lord, for my wife. Praise God. Sometimes I look at my church and I say, thank you, Lord, for my church. Is anybody with me today? Come on. You got to live in the beauty of his glory, living a thankful life, living a life of praise to our God. Come on. That means, you know, when we praise God, our spirits are reflecting the glory from us to him. <laughs> Did you catch that? And it's a beautiful thing. So what is it in Derek? Derek, what is it about you? You do some kind of mental exercises, make you feel at peace. What is it with you? Huh? You stand in front of the mirror and say, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. You do that every morning? And Derek reflects that. No, it's Jesus in me. It's Jesus. Let me give God some praise in a world that wants to praise itself. Let me give God some praise. Hallelujah. Let, you, let me show you the beauty of his holiness in my life. Amen. I want you to look at me and see the peace of God and the love of God and the glory of God in my life and see the beauty of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The world is going the wrong way, headed for destruction today. And you and I should stand against the flow of the world. Your life was meant to be seen. Let your light shine. Put on Jesus. Let people see him in your life. There is a dark world that's going the wrong direction and they need you to be a sign that says, turn around. You're headed the wrong direction. There's something better than the world's way. And I know it goes against everything you've been taught in school and everything you've been taught in the world. But listen, when you get into the word and the spirit, it's going to take you in a different direction. Your life is going to be lived like this. I used to think that, but now I know this. You've heard it said that, but I say to you this, I used to live that way, but now I live like that. And when you do that, your light is going to begin to shine and people are going to notice your life. Hallelujah. So don't let your light hide, express it, live out loud. If you live out loud, you can have an impact on the world, but I'm going to close with this thought. If you don't know Jesus, it won't matter to you. If you're not pursuing Jesus. If you don't get into his presence, if you don't stand in his presence in prayer, in the word, and in worship, and in times where you just are communicating in fellowship, if you don't stand in the presence of God, you won't change. But it's when we're in his presence, when we pursue him, when we want to know him, that he transforms our lives. He begins to help the junk fall off of our shoulders. And as we begin to believe the word of God, and what he did at the cross for us. We believe who he is and what he did. 
And we believe what he says about us. I am who he says I am. I will live how he says I should live. Yes. We begin to grow in Jesus. And as we do, we let our light shine in front of men. And can I tell you something today? This is not a prescription for you to have more money in 2020. It's a prescription for you to not need more money in 2020. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 This is not a prescription for you to have no storms in your life. This is a prescription for you to be asleep in the boat with Jesus when the storms are coming. Come on, somebody. This is not a prescription for you to have a trouble-free life. This is not a prescription for you to have everything in the flesh that you ever dreamed of. It's a prescription for you to have Jesus so you know him. You love him so much that none of that other stuff even matters. Hallelujah. 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 So I want to close today with prayer.